All right, all right, all right. Y'all doing okay out there? All right. Listen, man, I want to say, first of all, man, it's a special Sunday to be in our church. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Man, it's an honor to share this stage with the guys and the girls who just walked off this stage. So y'all give them a hand. Y'all know they did a good job. Y'all don't be jealous. But I get to do ministry with this team every single Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night, man, we had a night of worship, and man, God is doing an amazing thing in the lives and the hearts of our students, and and love that our church gets to be a part of that, all right? Here's what I want to let you know. Man, those of y'all that have been walking with us for quite a while, may y'all know that it's safe to say that we're kind of in a time of transition, all right? Man, but as I come to you today, I believe that the transition that began, I don't know, maybe four years ago, if you want to put a dot on it, man, I believe that it started to kind of take a turn, and I believe that the next couple weeks, man, we will begin to see and understand more of what it means for us as a body of Christ followers to live here in this community. Church family, man, I believe that God is going to do amazing things in our church and through our church and in our community because of this church. Man, we don't have to understand what lies ahead. Nobody knows what's down the road, but here's what I can say. Man, we are called to press forward towards the mark of the high calling, which is Christ Jesus. Are you with me, church? Anybody out there, church? Man, please hear me. Our church is not just going to survive, but I believe that our church is going to thrive, and I believe that our church is going to thrive and go on to be the great and vibrant church that God is calling our church to be. Church family, are you with me? Come on now. I want to give you some encouragement, all right? Listen to this statement. I'm not able to say those things just because I think it sounds good. Man, I'm able to say those things because our church is in good hands. Y'all look to the left and say, man, we're in good hands. Y'all look to the right and say, man, we are in good hands. Now tap that person in front of you and say, wake up. We are in good hands. I hope y'all believe that, church family. Listen to this. Listen to what I'm saying. Man, I am sure of this because we are in good hands. The reason why I know is because we are not in the hands of our awesome pastor. I mean that. Yikes. I mean, have y'all seen Matt's hands? Anybody seen those things? Tiny, all right? Super itty-bitty. Man, I'm so glad that we're not in his hands, all right? Listen to what I'm saying. We are not in his hands. We are in his hands. Y'all see what I'm saying, church family? Man, we are in the hands of a man who has defied nature and was able to stand on a boat and tell the storm to be still. That's whose hands we are in. Man, we ought to be encouraged because we are in the hands of a man who was able to tell dead people to rise up and walk out of that grave. Man, we are in the hands of a man who was able to walk on water. We're in the hands of a man who was able to turn water into wine. We are in the hands of a man who fed 5,000 men 
and their wives and their kids, and you know kids can eat, right? And man, he fed them with two small fish and five rolls, and he even had enough left over for the next day. Ridgecrest, we're in good hands because we are in the hands of a man that even though he was crucified, man, even though he was dead, he was buried, and just when Satan thought that he had won, man, we're in the hands of a man who was able to raise from the dead triumphantly and declare that all power in heaven and on earth is in him. That's whose hands we are in. That's whose hands we are in. So I say to you today to take heart. Man, we're in a time of transition. Don't be discouraged. Just like it was told to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Let's be strong. Let's be courageous. Don't tremble. Let's not be dismayed. For the Lord, thy God, is with us wherever we go. Let us remember that church family, all right? Brothers and sisters, God and God alone is able to see us through. Man, we are going to be able to do great things in this city, not because of us, but because of God who is with us, because of God who is in and on our side. That's why we are in good hands, Ridgecrest. Man, God is calling us to a higher place of service. Do y'all realize that? Church family, God is saying, I'm going to do big things with you. I'm calling you to a higher place of worship, to a higher place of love, to a higher place of evangelism, and to a higher place of reconciliation. Man, he's calling us to love one another. He's calling us to love those that are outside of these church walls. He's calling us to make an impact in the community that we live in, not just in these walls that we worship in. God is setting the bar high. God is calling us to do great things. And that's the reason why I'm here today to say we have to stay focused. Man, that's what I want to talk about today. We must stay focused. Can y'all read that with me? We must stay focused. Wait the person up next to you because you know they're already dozing. Tell them we must stay focused. Come on now. Now tap yourself on the chest. Say, we must stay focused. Guys, that's what I want to talk about today. What I'm saying is, don't allow yourself to get distracted by all the noise and the chitter-chatter that's going on in the world that we live in today. Man, I believe in order to stay focused, we ought to do a few things. For us to be able to stay focused, it doesn't just happen. Like, we don't just say, hey, man, okay, from now on, let's be focused. We really got to stay focused, and then boom, there it is. For us to stay focused, we got to do a few things. And I believe that the text in Hebrews is exactly what the doctor prescribed, because I believe that that text prescribes exactly what we need to do to stay focused. So my man's going to put it up on the screen, and like the video said, we're going to check out Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. So, man, if you have your Bible, go ahead and start flipping, scrolling, tapping your way there. However you got to get there, just let us know that you're there. Give us a little hootie hoo when you get there, and then we'll go ahead and get things rolling, all right? Man, I believe that for us to stay focused, we have to stay in the race. For us to stay focused, it means that we got to keep our eyes on the prize. 
Man, staying focused means we don't need to let discouraging things weigh us down, cause us to give up, or tell us that we should quit. Somebody asked me, how in the world do we stay focused? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's start by looking at the Scripture. Let's start by looking at verse 1. Listen to what it says, Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So if we ask ourselves, how in the world are we going to stay focused Here's the first thing. Man, staying focused means that we must look around, all right? Staying focused means we must look around. Everybody say the phrase, look around. We must look around. Let's go back to that same verse, but let's only look at the first part of that verse. We're going to look at verses uh, 1 right now, but verse 1a And so as we look at that, man, uh, listen to what it says. We need to take a good look around us. If we want to stay focused, we got to take a good look around us because the Word says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, it starts off with the word therefore. And man, you don't have to go to seminary to understand this, but please make a note that anytime you see the word therefore, you need to ask yourself, What is it there for? All right? When you come across, and like, let's say you're starting the passage, and it says, therefore, like right here, verse 1, and don't say, well, man, I don't know what it's there for because we're all on, like, verse 1, like like that, well, verse 1 of chapter 12. See, it's therefore because it's referencing the entire chapter of chapter 11. Man, let us understand that in Scripture, there's a reason that the word therefore is therefore. And right here, that reason is that the author offers a call for us to look at those who have gone before us. Anybody read chapter 11 of Hebrews? Man, if you have, you know that it talks about the heroes of faith, all right? I saw something on my Instagram that said the Cowboys have only drafted three running backs in the first top 20 picks ever in the history of that franchise, and two of them are in the Hall of Fame. And so they're hoping that this third one would do the same, would live up to the legacy, right? Would be able to have a bust, his own bust, in the Football Hall of Fame that's in Canton. But here's what I want to tell you. Man, there's some people who refer to chapter 11, not as the Hall of Fame, but as the Hall of Faith because it shows people after people who had faith. That's the reason we need to look Therefore, Man, brothers and sisters, I believe that there's some of you that are here today who are on the brink of giving up. Man, I believe that there's some people that are in this room today that are frustrated, that are tired. There's some of us that are here today, and we're fed up with church. We're sick of church people. We're sick of religion. Man, we're sick of religious hypocrisy. Man, your emotions are running wild, but I want you to hear from the Lord this morning as he speaks to us because God is saying to all of us in here today to look around, to look around you, to look at those who have gone before you. 
Man, those who were cheering you on, even the great heroes of the faith, man, they didn't have it all good. They didn't have it all easy. They didn't have it all together. They didn't always achieve everything that they set out to achieve. But man, we know that the Hall of Faith represents great men and great women of the Bible who even though through their struggle to finish their races, they sought to please God in all that they did. Man, they had to struggle to be counted worthy in the sight of God. And this text is saying, look at them. Man, look at those who have gone before us. Learn from them. Live what they have lived And when we read that text, it says, therefore, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Why? Maybe we got to ask ourselves, who are they? And that's why we reflect back on, you know, what is written in chapter 11, because it's filled with those examples. And so here's the thing. In this sports illustration, we're the athletes, Man, I kind of get excited like, like somebody's actually calling me athletic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, okay, I wouldn't go that far. But here's the thing. Like, man, we're the athletes, and the witnesses are like fans sitting in the bleachers that are cheering us on, but they're not just fans who wish that they could play. Man, they're people who have played. See, it makes a big difference. Man, they have credibility. We are in the race, and the race that I'm talking about it's not 100 meters long, all right? There's no Usain Bolt sitting out here. Man, it's not even a 5K. It's not a fun run. And let me just tell you, there's not any type of running that is fun. So I don't know who created that name, all right? Maybe just because it rhymes. Man, the race that we're talking about is compared to a marathon. So you know people are going to get tired along the way. Man, you know people are going to get discouraged So the writer of Hebrew says to us, look at all the other runners who have gone before you. Let that encourage you. Man, they're not looking at us. The Bible wants us to look at them. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, David, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Samson, Jacob, Samuel, just to name some of them in chapter 11. Man, these folks love God, but they had a struggle. Man, the Bible is saying right here today, man, they understand because they've been there. They understand because they've struggled. So hang in there. Man, they went before you. Hang in there. Man, there's a prize at the end of the road. We see people who knew how to run the race of faith. Let's learn from them. Man, I want us to look around in this worship center. Man, there's not any person more important than another person. Man, we're all equals in Christ. But, oh, man, there's some people who have a little bit more mileage on some of us others. Let's learn from them. Let's learn from their mistakes. Let's learn from their successes. Man, let's be encouraged by their perseverance. So for us to stay focused, stay in focus means that we got to look around us. The second thing that I want to tell you is staying focused means that we must lay aside. I mean, the second thing is staying focused means that we got to lay aside. Everybody say that phrase, lay aside. 
Okay, lay aside is not what you do on a Sunday morning when you don't want to get up and do anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, your mom says, oh, no, man, you need to get up there and, like, do the laundry. And you're like, nah, see, we read in the Scripture. I'm just going to lay aside over here. You know what I'm saying? Lay on my side, lay on my backside, lay on my other side. That's not what it's talking about right there. Man, staying focused means that we must lay some things aside. Listen, we got to let go of some things. There are some things that are in our life that we got to let go of. We got to loosen the grip on. Too many of us, we can't hold on to the thing of God. We can't hold on to those things because we're too busy holding on to the things of this world. But see, in that same verse, the second part of that verse, verse 1b, it says like this, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. There's two things that are referenced in this portion of the verse, all right? I mean, this calls for us to shed some load, lighten up so we can move on to the next level, so we can run this race like we've been called to do. I mean, if y'all understand, if y'all have little kids, y'all just got to give it up. Y'all got to understand that they're probably going to ask you to hold them until they're 25 years old. You know what I'm saying? I've been trying to tell Parker, Parker, I'm too old. I can't hold you. And then he looks up at me and said, Dad, my legs are broken. I was like, oh, my goodness. And, and I pick him up. I said, your legs are broken? And he says, nah, I just want you to hold me, Dad. <laughs> I love it. Man, it's going to be awkward when he's 20, but I'll probably still do it. <laughs> That's what we do. But here's the thing. He is heavy. Like, like even though he's three, he's heavy. And so, like, man, it's easier to hold his hand, but if we're walking up all these stairs and he's like, man, I want you to hold me too, I'm like, come on, now you know I'm, you, you, you know I'm kind of like, I'm not graceful, right? You know I'm kind of clumsy. You know I got weak ankles, and now you want to add your weight on me. Man, it's not easy to go upstairs with an unnecessary load on your back, right? Man, it's amazing that some of us ever get anywhere with the baggage that we choose to drag around. It's like easy to say like, oh, yeah, man, I would never do this. I would never do that. And while we're saying that and we're pointing that finger with one hand, this other hand's full of all this baggage and all this sin that we won't let go of. Man, how are we going to run this race? Man, well, he's calling us to lay some of those things aside, to get rid of some of that stuff. Man, I remember the effect that this verse had on me whenever I heard somebody preaching it. When I was in college, I was able to go to this, uh, you know, this, this conference over in Dallas, and it was amazing. And the speaker, he, he referenced this verse. And I had never thought about it like this because I only focused on the second part of what this portion of the verse is talking about, the sin part. But, man, when he said, man, we need to lay aside not only the entangling sins, but every weight every encumbrance. Man, that's every way, every obstacle that can come our way. Man, things that in themselves may not be sins. Man, like fireworks were going off in my head and nobody could pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Mind blown. It was a big deal. It was, it was revolutionary. Man, I had never thought about it like this. And what it did that day, I hope it does the same for some of you today. It showed me that in the race of life, it's not run well by asking what's wrong with this or that. But instead, by asking, is it in the way of the greater faith, in the greater love, in the greater purity, in the greater courage, in the greater humility, in the greater patience, in the greater self-control of my life? See what I'm saying? 
There's some of us so good at making lists, and we want a list so that way somebody can say, hey, these are the top 10 sins. You need to get up out of your life, and we're so creative. We're like, dude's old school. He don't know about number 11, so since he didn't say it, then I guess I can still live it. I do the same thing. Man, I told my wife I was going to give up Cokes. And she's like, Justin, how's it going? I said, uh, like, like, well, okay, maybe I can't give up Cokes. I'm just going to go to one Coke a day. And so then she checked in with me again. Justin, how was it? Like, did you make it today? And I said, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, I did good. She said, well, only one Coke? And I was like, yeah, for real, only one Coke. Justin, really? Well, only one Coke, like about three Dr. Peppers and like one Sprite. But I said I was only going to do one Coke a day. And she's like, no, 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 no. No, seriously. You know how it is in Texas. Give me a Coke. Okay, what do you want, Dr. Pepper? Okay, I'm good with that. She said, you know you mean one Coke a day. I said, okay, I can do that. All right, I'll do that. One Coke a day. And so then she asked me again, hey, how's it going like today? I know yesterday was bad for you. Was today good? I said, yep, only one Coke. When did you drink it? Like at lunch? Where'd you go to lunch at? Tamales. How how many refills did you get? Seven, but that's not my fault. Like, I just kept on drinking and they just kept on serving, you know. Man, we like to justify things, like seriously. Man, it was mind-blowing when I found out that it's not only the sin, but it's the things that weigh us down. Like, we don't need to ask, man, is this a sin or not? Teenagers, we don't need to say, well, how far is too far? But here's the thing. We need to ask, does it help me run? Like, is it in the way? The author of Hebrews, he doesn't stop there, all right? He offers this other part of it, and he says we also need to lay aside not only the weight, but we need to lay aside the sin which clings so closely, and I'm talking about that sin that entangles us. Y'all have ever seen somebody like play the Wii? Y'all remember the Wii, right? It's like that first thing that you could play around and like you weren't even connected to the TV, right? Man, I like, I didn't know which one was funner, like playing the Wii or watching somebody play the Wii. And it's even funnier, like if you don't even watch what they're playing and you just try to guess because, you know, they're like all doing this, you know. It's like, what in the world are you doing? Oh, man, I'm playing ping pong. Oh, man, you got a lot of stuff moving around to be playing ping pong, all right? But what's even funnier than watching somebody play the Wii is watching somebody get into a spider web, <laughs> unless it's you. <laughs> oh, man, I know my, my neighbors, they probably see me do that. I get scared because if I get in a spider web, I don't know where it was or what happened. And, man, I'm all entangled in it, but I'm worried that the spider might be on me too, you know. So I don't, it's like I treat it like a fire. I'm stopping. I'm dropping. I'm rolling. I'm trying to get safe, all right. And so here's the thing. He says get rid of that sin that so easily entangles us. Man, I believe that there's sin that's like weighing us down. Man, if there's anybody in this room that would stand up and say that that's not true of their life, well, go read 1 John 1, 8 because it's calling you a liar, all right? Man, we all have struggles. We all have sin. Man, you might say, but I'm struggling. Like I'm fighting against it and I feel like I'm losing that fight. Here's what I want to tell you. Whatever that fight is, over. Man, whatever that sin is that's got a hold of you, that's easily entangled you, man, the Lord is telling you today, lay it aside. Lay it aside because it will keep you from running the race that God has called us to run. Let go of it. Man, we got to let go of pride. 
We got to let go of like, man, our church is better than that church. We got to let go of the holier than thou attitude. I'm better because I go to church. There's going to be a lot of people get left out of heaven that was going to church, all right? Man, we have to understand that we got to get rid of thinking that we're better than others. We got to let go of the unforgiveness, the envy, the jealousy, man, the hatred, the lust, the stinginess, the greediness, the worry. Man, we got to get rid of these physical things of our life for some of us. Man, the sin in our life is the lack and the unbelief in Jesus Christ. We got to get rid of those things. Ridgecrest, whatever it is today, God's saying, lay it aside. Man, lay some of those things down. Throw it off. Brothers and sisters, those things entangle us. They trip us up. And it's no wonder that we can't run well because we got all that stuff that we're dragging around. Our hearts are not right. We're burdened and we're weighed down by the little nagging things that are left unconfessed, by the big things that keep eating our lunch. Ridgecrest. We're called to stay focused. We have to stay focused. And to do that, we got to look around. We got to lay aside some of the things. And the third thing, staying focused means that we must labor ahead. Everybody say labor ahead. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared to say this, but that means we got to run. Man, we actually got to get active. Listen to the last part of verse 1. It says, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. I mean, the main point of this text has one imperative, and that right there is run. Everything else supports it. Everything else explains it. Everything else gives motivation for it. We have to run. And you know what? That scares me to death. Man, there's times that I've tried to run. See, I'm only going to run like after dark so nobody can see me struggling. But then all these lights start popping on because I'm waking up all these dogs because I'm, <gasps> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. You know, I'm, I'm like struggling. Like they hear me dying. And so that's even creepier late at night than it would be like if I was running like when they could see me. And they'd be like, oh, that's just him. He's just out of shape. But they think it's like some zombie or something scary. All right. Man, I tried the treadmill. Won't go back almost died in college. I was running on a treadmill and I was chewing gum. You know how some people can walk and chew gum at the same time? I can't run and chew gum at the same time because I was talking and then the gum fell out and I didn't know what to do. So I like, I like try to step off. But like, if you step on the part that's still while your other part of your body is still on the part that's turning, that will twist you up. You know what I'm saying? And so then all of a sudden, man, I was doing this and then like I had like squashed that gum. And so like every so often that gum was coming back. I was like, oh, and I was running. I was, oh, Oh, man, I felt like I was running on the church parking lot with all them potholes. And so, like, man, I was just doing this, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is scary. I look like one of those guys that went viral on YouTube that's, like, dancing and doing all this stuff before that ever happened. But, man, I was just, like, trying to save a life. But, but here's the thing. We got to run. The main point is run. Don't stroll. Don't meander. Don't wander aimlessly. We are called to run the race, to labor ahead to the finish line with everything hanging on it. Man, that's what the Christian life is. It's a race that we have to run. Man, there's some of us, we started out well, but now we're on the sideline. Man, there's some of us that we dropped out of the race, and I want to encourage you to hang in there. Don't give up. Keep on running. The unfortunate thing is 
I mean, there's a lot of people that we do life with that, guess what? They're not even running the race at all. I mean, I would tell them to get in the race. We got to get in the race, guys. I mean, there's some of us like, are we running at all? It's like my little Nike app that I got all geared up, got a suit on, got ready to run. I got my tunes on, and man, I'm dying. It took me like three hours to run down the driveway and back, and I got back, and I'm ready for this thing to brag on me. And like, I thought I was sprinting, and this Nike app said, congratulations on the walk that you just completed. I'm like, the walk? Man, are you kidding me? There was way too much pain for that not to be running, all right? I got to ask y'all, are you running? You just jogging, you just walking. Man, some of us are just chilling. Man, worst of all, like we said, some of us are lying down. Some of us are giving up on God. Man, we want to try to challenge you. Don't be distracted by what's going around you. Don't be distracted by the circumstances, but continue to come to a church. Continue to assemble yourself with other believers and sit under Bible teaching and preaching so that way you can be equipped and you can be strengthened and so that you can run the race. That's why I love to sit underneath the teaching of our pastor. I really do. Man, I really believe that as long as he's in the pulpit, man, there's always going to be a word in this house. Man, I believe that Ridgecrest will always be a place for your children and your grandchildren to come and learn about God, to grow up and to become responsible adults. Man, my prayer is that Ridgecrest will always be a place for couples to come and grow in the relationship together. Man, that like it would be a place for parents to grow in their relationship with their children, that singles would learn how to live a successful Christian life. Man, I pray that it will be a place where we can encourage the saints to get in the race and to stay in the race and keep on running after the prize that's at the end. Man, for us to stay focused, we got to look around us. We got to lay aside some things and we got to labor ahead. The fourth thing that we got to say is this right here. Staying focused means that we must lock our eyes. We got to lock our eyes. Verse 2, it says, lock our eyes on Christ. Look into Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Man, the object of our focus has got to be right, guys. It's got to be right. Man, not our government, not our pastor, not our parents, not our spouse, not our boyfriend or girlfriend, not our employer. Staying focused means we got to lock our eyes on Christ Jesus. We got to make him our focus. Man, some of us, we're distracted because the focus that we have is not on Christ, but it's on ourselves. Man, we got to strive to get rid of self and put our focus on Christ. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says that we need to be filled with the Spirit, not filled with ourselves. And for us to do that, we got to lock eyes with Christ. Man, there's people that are going to let us down. Our family, they're going to let us down. They're going to fail us. Man, our friends are going to fail us. Church people will fail us, but God will never fail us. So the word comes to remind us today to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. Man, as we keep on reading, the author of Hebrews gives us a reason of why we should do that. Because in verse 2, he says, The founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated on the right hand of the throne of God. Man, he's the beginning of our faith, and he's the ending of our faith. Man, to stay focused, we got to look around, we got to lay aside, we got to labor ahead, we got to lock our eyes. And here's the last thing. Everybody say, finally. 
Okay, 10 more things. I'm not kidding. I'm Say this with me. The last thing. Big Mike, put it on the screen. You can't lose. We can't lose. Losing heart is not an option. Man, we got to run this marathon race, and everybody's getting tired. There's going to be moments of discouragement, but we can't lose. Listen to verse 3. It says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. RBC, man, as we run this race, it's going to be tough. But understand who already ran the race. And I'm not talking about the cloud of witnesses, but I'm talking about our Heavenly Father. I'm talking about Christ Jesus who ran this race. Man, this word comes to remind us that Jesus Christ lived the life that he lived, and he's the supreme example for us. When we fix our eyes on him and we remember everything that he's done for us, it provides us with encouragement to go forward. Ridgecrest, please hear me out. The journey that we are on, it'll have pain, problems, persecution, and and even personal problems. But, But here's the thing. We still got work to do. We still got to persevere. We got Christ on our side. We cannot lose. Man, as the band continues to make their way up on the stage, as the choir continues to find this place, man, I want to let you know that there's a one more verse, and that's verse 4. So if you have uh, your Bible, man, go ahead and turn to verse 4. And for some of us, we need to get in the race. There's some people in this room today that you're not running, not because you're lazy. You're not running, not because you're struggling. You're not running, not because you're dragging stuff behind you. You're not running because you're not in the race. And today, I want to point you to verse 4. It says, in your struggle against sin, have you not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood? Man, have you resisted sin in such a way to the point of shedding blood? Guess what? Man, the answer would be no, but the answer is also, but I know who has. As we start uh, playing, here's what I want to let you know. Man, if you're not in the race, here's the great news. Man, there's great news because we trust in an all-powerful God. We don't have to be victims of our circumstances. We don't have to be weighted down by our guilt and by our sin. Man, I hope that this morning, this time of worship through song, prayer, and teaching will be steps in the right direction for you to come more honest with God. Because here's the thing, when we're honest with God, He will help turn your attention from yourself, and He will take that attention and turn it on Him and His grace. And that's what's available for you here today. So these guys are going to play. And, man, they're going to play a song that, man, it, it's got a great message. You might not know the song. It's easy to, it's easy to sing along with. But it, even if you need to just come up to the altar and pray, man, even if you need to, like, sit down in your pew and you need to pray, if you need to find somebody that's here today and say, man, I can't do this on my own. I've been trying to do this on my own. I'm not going to do this on my own anymore. Or if you heard me say, hey, you might not even be in the race, and you're like, man, that's me. Get in the race today. Give your life to him today. Christ followers, we can't lose. Man, we can't lose. Our God is undefeatable. Let's pray. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, man, I pray for this time of reflection. God, I pray that, man, we will respond to your teaching. God, I pray that we will flood the altar. 
God, I pray that we will flood, man, the heavens with prayer. God, I pray that you would let us look at our life. Let us look in the mirror. God, there's things that we need to give up. God, man, as we look around and we get encouraged, God, we also start looking at our own self. And we understand that there's stuff in the way. There's baggage in the way. God, let us lay that at your feet today. For some of us who aren't even in the race, man, don't let us fool ourselves that we could go another day. Don't let us say, man, I'm too grown. I'm too old. There's no way I could come up to the front. God, please give us the courage that we need to run your race. God, please be honored by this time of reflection. In your name we pray. Amen.